there's a um, quote, part of the lyric that I want to talk about today. If you want to view paradise, it says, simply look around and view it. Everything you want to, do it. Want to change the world? Want to change your life? There's nothing to it. Imagination. The, the, the power of pure imagination is not, a, is not just about getting the best candy and all the fabulous uh, uh, different ideas of candy that you can get. Like, not Dr. Doolittle, like in Willy Wonka, Dr. Doolittle. Uh, they wrote the music to that too. Like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's not all about that. Imagination is essential in the art of manifestation. I was reading a um, story that Jean Houston um, recalled about her childhood, and she said, um, back when I was eight years old, I was attending a school in Manhattan where they felt it was a good idea, a good idea for students to meet some of the great uh, um, thinkers and elders of the time. And one of those elders that her class visited was Albert Einstein, and one day they trotted off to Princeton University and his house that was there on the campus. And she remembers him having a lot of hair, which we've seen that picture, and said he was very sweet. But she was saying that one of her smart alecky classmates said to him, um, so Mr. Einstein, how can we be get, um, well, how can we be as smart as you? And Einstein said, read fairy tales. And all the kids looked at each other like, what, what does that mean? And some other smart alecky kids said, well, then Mr. Einstein, um, how do we get to be smarter than you? And he said, read more fairy tales. Imagination is essential in the art of manifestation. Now, you may say to me, well, you know, Jay, I've put away childish things. Well, let me quote Mr. Einstein, Professor Einstein to you again. He says, imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution. Einstein said that. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Well, now you may say to me, well, you know, I deal with facts, not fantasy, not hallucinations, none of that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's true, imagination is not a fact. But what it is, is a precursor to fact. There was a gentleman named Professor Morrison that taught at the University of St. Andrews, and he wrote, life itself is an activity of imagining. The world originates in a divine activity identical with what we know ourselves as the activity of imagination. The task being to open the immortal eyes of man inward into the worlds of thought, into eternity, ever expanding in the bosom of God, the human imagination. Reality is not stable or immutable. It is an endless becoming. And by 
only imaginatively projecting yourself into that flux, giving yourself up to it, could you ever discover yourself and what life really is. See, it's not something that we see in our present circumstance, meaning out there. It's not something we see out there, of course. Though it out there may be an influence. It may be the motivation, the inspiration to imagine. It's something that is found in our next circumstance from within. It's a reflective practice like contemplation. It's a spiritual practice visualizing the end result and how you feel about it, really. How do you feel about what you're imagining? That gives it power. Not how you get there, though. Remember, how you get there, that's the uh, purview of <laughs> the universe. Let the law of cause and effect deal with that. You don't need to deal with how you get there. How it feels for you when you're imagining, yes. Now, some of you may be sitting there and go, well, you know, I'm a left-brained person. You know, logic and analytical thoughts, um, objective intelligence, that's my game. I'm going to throw a quote at you again. This is from Psychology Today. A gentleman named Christopher Berglund was talking just about this. And he said that researchers measured the participant's brain. He's talking about a study. Uh, the participant's brain activity with a functional MRI, love that functional MRI, and found a, a cortical and subcortical network over a large part of the brain was responsible for their imagery manipulations. The network closely resembles the mental workshop that scholars have theorized might be responsible for much of human conscious experience and for the flexible cognitive abilities that humans have evolved over millennia. So imagination that takes everything. It takes your whole brain working. It gets it all working. You know, that idea that um, a gentleman named Roger Sperry came up with about the idea of the left brain and the right brain and what each of them do and, and the dominance of them. That's all been debunked. Because when I read that, I went, what, what, wait, what about that idea of, you know, um, imagination is a right brain sort of uh, uh situation. If you're working your right brain. Again, University of Utah in Salt Lake City, um, neuroscientists used a functional MRI, and that's an MRI that watches your brain live make changes as you think certain things or feel certain things. And they watch the neurochemical and biochemical um, uh, synapses fire. They can see that in the MRI. And their conclusion was, we demonstrate that left and right lateralized networks are homogeneously stronger among a constellation of hubs in the left and right hemispheres, but that such connections do not result in a subject-specific global brain lateralization difference that favors one network over the other, meaning the left brain over the right brain. Now, I know that was a little, when I first read that, I was like, what? But I thought it was kind of fun to read that whole scientific thing. But basically what they're saying, after I read it several times, was that it's not the left brain and the, or the right brain, it's all the brain working together. 
It's not when you're in imagination that, that just the right brain starts firing and the left brain does too. Imagination is essential in the art of manifestation. Why? Because it pushes you. It pushes you to unlearn what you've been told when you imagine a, a, a different life. You are unlearning the junk that you've learned that has not brought that life into your experience right now. You ask different questions when you're in the world of imagination. And asking questions is essential for optimizing your life. And it helps you grow beyond what you thought you were, what you thought you were yesterday, what your parents thought you were, what, what, what your boss thought you were that you somehow decided you were going to grasp onto and bring into your life. No, what you think you are and what the truth is of who you are, like Gary was saying, the individualized expression of the divine. Imagination is the solution mechanism in cri crisis management, in experimentation, in hypothesizing. You know, when, when they're writing, when they're thinking about before they write the, the mathematical, the, the uh, uh, equations, they imagine those in their head first. Nikola Tesla, the great inventor, um, he never wrote things down except to show somebody how to build it when he was working on other things or to create the patent for it. Why? Because he saw it working in his mind. He could see the movement of this mechanism and that mechanism and how it created electricity and the other inventions that he came up with that we now all use, including radar, radio, the cell phone. Now, you may say, you know, it's bad enough. I have to dream every night. I don't want to waste time daydreaming. People feel that imagination is, is a daydreaming sort of thing. Well, remember what Prospero in uh, The Tempest said. William Shakespeare wrote, We are such stuff as dreams are made on. And Carl Jung emphasized the importance of dreams to the unconscious mind. In fact, um, I was reading that Keith Richards wrote satisfaction while he was sleeping. He got up and he wrote it out later, but it all came to him as he was sleeping. Dreams are a step. Daydreams are a step to your imagination. It's the first step to creating your next now. Now, you are still using your logic. In fact, let me let um, a man of much logic uh, explain it to you. This is a quote from Thomas Trower. Thomas Trower um, wrote many books on metaphysics. Um, and uh, earlier in his career, before he retired to write, he was a judge, a British judge in India. So his books, which can be difficult to read at some times, are very logical, very, they read like a law paper. And he wrote, um, now what we require to see is the creative process. This is from the creative process in the individual. Now what we require to see is the creative process is only one way of working, and that is by reciprocal, reciprocity or reflection. 
or as we might say, by the law of reaction and action. The action always being equivalent and correspondent to the action which generated it. The mental equivalent, by imagining and visioning what it is you have desire, what you want to declare to show up next, by doing so, the universe, the law, through reciprocity, through the mirroring of that imagination, brings it into your life. We transform by allowing this full state of mind, this brainstorming, so to speak, this taking a deep dive into the infinite possibilities. That's what imagination is doing, is taking a deep dive into infinite possibilities by envisioning, not just visioning, but envisioning your next adventure. It's the icing on the cake of demonstration, you might say. It's also the language of the Eureka moment or the aha moment. You know, that comes from imagining that to be. There's some memory that, that might jump into it, but, but when, you, when you're able to see, meaning envision, not see through your eyes, but envision what somebody is talking about and you, you get that moment, that's because you can imagine it. The brain is a dynamic workspace. It only weighs about three pounds, but there's a hundred billion neurons going on and a hundred trillion connections of it. And I want to meet the guy who counted those. Now, let me go through some quick ways to inspire your imagination. And this first one is a very interesting one that you may not um, think of usually. And that is exercise. Exercise. Yeah, listen. Listen to what Ralph Waldo Emerson said of Thoreau. Now, you remember uh, Henry David Thoreau left the city and he went to um, the country to Walden Pond and he wrote there. He was more inspired to write there. Well, Ralph Waldo Emerson said um, they were great friends. The length of his walk uniformly made the length of his writing. If shut up in the house, he did not write at all. And here's a quote from Henry Miller, the novelist, who was an avid endurance cyclist. And he said, most writing is done away from the typewriter, away from the desk. I'd say it occurs in the quiet, silent moments while you're walking or shaving or playing a game or whatever. You're working, your mind is working on this problem in the back of your head. So when you get back to the machine, it's a mere matter of transfer. He's imagining this story that he creates in his novel. The same with Joyce Carol Oates, who is a devoted runner. She said, running seems to allow me ideally an expanded consciousness in which I can envision what I'm writing as a film or a dream. I rarely invent at the typewriter, but recall what I've experienced. Exercise does that. Exercise does that. It piques your imagination. Another one, seek adventure, of course. New experiences and hobbies help build your mental um, pathways in the brain. Take a class. Challenge perception. That's that whole idea of asking questions um, and uh, knowing that when you ask questions, the answers come through your imagination, not just through your logic. 
um, visual perception, what we see is 80% memory and 20% from your eyes. So I'm asking you to look without your eyeballs and see with your other senses. Remember, for anyone who took or has taken my um, spiritual mind treatment class, you know that um, I talk about how it feels by the touch. What you see, yes. What you hear, what you smell, what you taste. So if you're working on um, demonstrating a new car, yeah, what does it taste like? Use your imagination to, to focus in so much on this new piece of, of, of um, transportation that you even know what it tastes like. Not that you're going to lick your car, but there is a, a dimension to it, a depth to this idea of perfect transportation or anything else. Christopher Berger, uh, lead author of a um, study at Sweden's Karolinska Institutet, um, he was the lead author and they published in the scientific journal um, uh, current biology, excuse me, I gotta adjust this. There we go. Um, he wrote, what this study shows is that our imagination of a sound or a shape changes how we perceive the world around us in the same way actually hearing that sound or seeing that shape does. Specifically, we found that what we imagine hearing can change what we actually see and what we imagine seeing can actually change what we actually hear. Important stuff. Oops, my, my camera here is slowly melting there. There we go. Voice it. There's another way. Sing, share a story, tell a story, read a fairy tale out loud, listen to um, a story. Audiobooks, a great way to use your imagination. See, voice is connected to the emotion and the emotion is connected to the imagination and all are connected to the power of manifestation. And of course, play. Be a kid again, at least an hour a day. Stargaze. Neville Goddard, who wrote a lot about imagination, said imagination is spiritual sensation. Enter the image of the wish fulfilled, then give it sensory vividness and tones of reality by mentally acting as you would act were it a physical fact. You change your perspective, you change your perception, and you change your life. That's what this whole year is about, changing our perception and perspective on life by using our imagination by having a clear and present um, clarity and certainty of what's going on, of what you're seeing. Imagination fuels that change. Now, let me close with, uh, <laughs> how does this connect with Father's Day? Why haven't I talked about Father's Day in this talk? Or the summer solstice, which happened yesterday? Or Juneteenth, which was is an important commemoration that happened on Friday? Well, let me try to uh, explain it this way. Like a father, imagination takes sacrifice, time, responsibility, nurturing, and devotion. It takes devotion of time and energy. Like a father, imagination 
is embracing the responsibility of nurturing and raising the child. In this case, I'm talking about the manifestation being the father of the manifestation, which is the child of your imagination, of your future. And third, sacrificing old ideas to devote ourselves to a family. That's what a father does. He devotes himself to a family of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that transforms prosperous ideas into form. That's what the father of imagination does. And we are all that. Father is not a male gender situation. Now, like Juneteenth commemorates the emancipation, even though the folks found out a year and a half later on June 19th, but imagination frees us from the bondage of that master we call lack, limitation, disease, not enoughness. It becomes a master in our lives. It becomes a habit and thus takes hold of us. And like the planet during the summer solstice, imagination, it tilts us towards the great light, the sun of invention. It warmly illuminates us with wisdom and inspiration, um, as well as, like the summer does, bring suntan oil, um, dancing, a nice mojito is, is great, some watermelon, maybe a barbecue with great friends. Being in quarantine doesn't change this. It does not stop our minds from working. Being out of work does not stop our wisdom from working. Being stuck indoors does not stop our connection with the divine. And so too, imagination doesn't go away because you've allowed yourself to be enslaved by worry or some misguided idea of fatalism or I'll never move forward or any of that junk. It is there always for you to play with and transcend make-believe into do believe. And when we're in do believe, we experience that imagination in our lives. It stimulates the forward progress of our dreams and desires. It gives birth to the evolution, revolution, and distribution of our greatest life. Happy Father's Day to all of you especially, of course, to those who are fathers, but to all of you, because you are the mother-father of invention. By using imagination, your imagination, to bring your next reality into your life today. Namaste. The New Thought Guy.